Welcome to the Imperfect Church Podcast, a podcast for the imperfect church and the imperfect pastor that leads you. I'm Ryan Reed. And I'm John Martin. This is the Imperfect Church Podcast. Yep, yep, yep. Yep, Check, John, check, check. We're just checking the mics and making sure everything's working well. <laughs> Several times now. That's it. That's yeah. it. Uh, how you been today? I'm all right. Good. I told you I'm... Uh, I'm Corona tired. Corona tired. Uh, I'm tired of, tired. Uh, yeah, I'm tired of tired. screens and uh, microphones and all of that good stuff. You, you know, I kind of just want to go outside. It's not yeah, really, yeah, yeah. not really a pretty day, but well, it's better than it was this morning. I see some blue sky yeah. out there. So. Blue sky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we, uh, <laughs> we're going to uh, continue in our series about theology today. about theology yeah. yeah we really have gotten further than i thought we did the last theology that we did we actually skipped ahead i don't know if you realize that or not but did we, we did we did satan and demons uh-huh and then for some reason we did one on ecclesiology no we weren't skipping ahead we just put that in there it wasn't part of theology it was just <laughs> oh, okay a, hey let's talk about ecclesiology for okay a all right good okay so uh, so we're we, good. We figured we we finished uh, Satan and demons, and so we're we're following Grudem's outline, and so today would be the doctrine of man. That's right, anthropology. Yeah. So we're not going to talk about every aspect of the doctrine of man. We'll come back to some of those other things, right? Particularly like talking about the fall and sin nature and yeah. all those mm-hmm. things. But today we're going to talk about basically the idea of the created man. Yeah. So we're going to answer questions like, uh, why was God why. Why did God create man, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, particularly uh, what does that mean, and how does how does our lives how do our lives how does our lives how do our lives reflect that creation? That's it. That's like it. it. So uh, let's just jump right in. Uh, we're talking about uh, the first question we want to we want to address today is why did God create man? Well, we all know is because he was lonely, twiddling his thumbs up in heaven with yep. nothing to do, and yep. thought, you know what. I need a Ryan and John in my life. That's it. You'd be surprised. <laughs> You'd be surprised how often you know that that slips into our thinking. We just assume that God created for our fellowship, as if right, we yeah. are super important. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. As if God doesn't have fellowship in Himself. And you know that's a very humanistic point of view, right? But I I, I see that mm-hmm. uh, inside the creeping up inside the church, yeah. the mm-hmm. the the worth of humanity being elevated higher than it uh than it ought to be right and there's a middle ground right we are uh we are created in god's image that brings nobility and worth and dignity and yet at the same time uh we are not the most important being in the universe yeah sure And, and i think that part of the reason why that's so hard for us to understand is because if we look around the created order that we're inside of right now in this moment, we're not able to see the spiritual realm mm-hmm. uh, humanly. And so uh, we see that we are the top of the food chain, right? Yeah. On the created earth, we are the top of the food yeah. chain. And so we kind of grow some uh, some worth maybe that's not not really there in mm-hmm. our own minds because we're greater. We're the... We're the uh, we're the top, man. We're as yeah. good as it gets. So if God didn't create because he was lonely, why did he create? Well, you know, uh, we we approach this question from, a, uh, of course, a biblical worldview. And so mm-hmm. we got to go to the Word to right. understand why we were created. Mm-hmm. And if you go to the Word to understand why you're, why we're created, then you know we were created to reflect His glory, right? Mm-hmm. That, was, that was why we were put on the earth. We were to, uh, to reflect His glory, and we do that as image bearers of God. Right. So we are created uh, by God for His glory, and uh, God create anytime God does anything, it is ultimately for the chief aim of His glory. Right. Yeah, uh, this is why He created the world. This is why He created men to live in the world. Mm. 
And ultimately, uh, God does this because to glorify in God as his created beings is what is for our best interest. It is right. in our best interest. It is what, what is it for is, our good. Is, 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 is. That's it. It is, is. <laughs> uh, so God creates because he knows that his glory uh, deserves to be proclaimed in right. all of creation. Yeah. And we as his people deserve, or uh, we as his people uh, must glorify in him, and that's what's what's best for us. Yeah, sure, and we see this as a part of God's character. I mean, we we, we use words like God is a jealous God, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And we don't mean that he's envious of things that we have, right? but we mean that he deserves, he deserves and he wants, above all other things, his own glory, right? right? And so, uh, so he creates us for that, for his own glory, which leads us, I think, to another question that, uh, that Grudem asked, and I think is important for all of us to ask as well, and that is, based on that biblical worldview of why we were created, uh, what does that mean for us? So what is, what is the purpose of Ryan, then, if you were created for the glory of God? Yeah, and I think this is where our Christian forefathers really help us this with this, uh, particularly in the Westminster Catechism. Uh, what is the chief end of man? Right. Yeah. And the answer is the chief end of man is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that is a that is a great answer. That is the purpose of our life. It's to know God, to glorify in Him, and to enjoy Him. Sure. Those aspects are 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 contained together. And so when I live, I don't live to myself. Right. I don't live to my own needs or my own wants or my mm-hmm. own desires. Mm-hmm. No, I live to know and to glorify God and then to enjoy Him. Yeah, exactly. I, I love this uh, This pointed out in one of the Psalms, Psalm 73, 25 through 26, that, uh, of course, we have, um, you know, the, one of the sons of Asaph here writes this. It says, Whom have I in heaven but you? And there is nothing upon earth that I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. In other words, the son of Asaph here is declaring that above all things, no matter where we are as humans or in the human order of things, the greatest thing that we have is the strength of our God, right? That's who we're most dependent on, and it's who our lives desire to reflect as well. So we have this idea of uh, being created in God's glory, but also we have another picture inside of Scripture, particularly when it comes to the the book of Genesis, right? So in Genesis 1 and verse 26, we're we're not told there that we're created for God's glory, but we're told there that we are created in the image of God, Mm -hmm. which is another one of those pictures that we get inside the Word of God that uh, can be confusing if misunderstood. Right. And so uh, if you... If you're going to define image of God, how are you going to define the image of God, yeah. being made in the image of God? So that's a that's a deep subject um, for a shallow mind like mine. But <laughs> uh, when we talk about the image of God, uh, I think this is this uh, this is a big topic that is a that has a mosaic of answers. Yeah, sure. Right. So when when we are created in the image of God, we want to be careful not to nail down on one specific aspect of this and say this is what it means to be made in the image of God. Right. For example, if we say that. To be made in the image of God means that we can we can we can rationalize. We mm-hmm. we are rational creatures. Well, then if that is the case, and if only those who are rational creatures bear the image of God and the nobility and the worth and the dignity that come with that, yeah, then we could point to those in our society like the mentally disabled sure. or infants and say, well, they're not made in the image of God. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. that's that we we've seen what that yeah. leads to. Yeah, in, yeah. in a, a culture of death, and so we want to make sure that we are holding the image of God in its mosaic with all its different aspects. Yeah, so we would say the image of God just simply meant that we are uh, we are like God or we 
represent God. Mm-hmm. And we have pointed out six areas or six aspects. Isn't that right? Yeah. Six? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> six areas where we think that we reflect or we represent the image of of God. I like the picture that you're painting that it's more of a mosaic mm-hmm. than it is a a checklist, right? right We're right. not saying that all of these things are applicable to all people because again, use the example of a mental disability, but there's also a picture that we were talking about of the physical disabled right, as well, yeah, yeah. right? So mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we're we're going to paint a mosaic of what we believe it means to be created in the image of God. And the first one of those aspects that we share with God as a result of being made in mm-hmm. his likeness is that we are moral agents, yeah. mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So we are able to discern the difference between right and wrong. Right. And right. all of creation is not able to do that. So that's what that's sets it. us apart. Yeah. So uh, C.S. Lewis talks about this in The Weight of Glory uh, when he uh, discusses uh, the natural law within us. Uh, yeah. If you go to any culture at any point in time, there are some things that they understand to be right and wrong. Right. And Lewis explains that by saying that is the image of God within us. And I think mm-hmm. he's on to something. Yeah. Uh, we have a moral aspect in us that God has, uh, God has instilled in us a certain uh, understanding of what right and wrong is. Yeah. And so that is that is the image of God, one aspect of the image of God. Yeah. So we would say we are moral agents, are moral agents, or we have this moral aspect of the image of God. The second one that we've written down here is that there are also spiritual aspects mm-hmm. of our lives that make us as well in the image of God. And basically here we're just saying that as humans, we are distinct from all other creation mm-hmm. in the sense that we have a soul. We have a soul that can be saved. Right. We have a soul that uh, has to have an encounter with God on, at judgment at some point. Right. And so uh, that distincts us from the rest of creation. I know everybody doesn't believe that. Uh-oh. 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 We're but, talking about pets here? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, but we believe that man is made in the image of God, and as a result of that, there is a spiritual aspect to man that no other creation right, has. Right. right. And that's, I think, I think you, you attach that uh, well to the idea of the soul of humanity. Yeah. We are created with a soul yeah. where I, I believe we would be on good grounds to say that animals do not have a soul. That's right. Uh, they, they, how we love them. We love them. Yeah. And they were created for our good. That's right. right. And yep. they were yep. created <laughs> to glorify God. Uh, but a, um, a dog will dig a hole and not sit back and wonder why in the world did I do that, <laughs> right? Uh, there, there's a sense to a animal uh, that they are they are not attuned to. Yeah. You know, I've never had a dog walk the aisle and confess <laughs> his sins and want to trust yeah. in Jesus. I've had men that I've called dogs. That's that maybe out. true. Um, <laughs> Right. But there's a spiritual aspect. That's Along right. with that, there is a mental aspect or yeah, a rationale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that goes back. You already mentioned this one. You mentioned this in your example that as we got started, that there's a difference between uh, between humans and uh, other creation in that we have the ability to ra- to rationale and make decisions, mm-hmm. right? And so, uh, again, we would say again, this is a this is a part of a mosaic, right? right because right. as you pointed out, not everyone can. Uh, but that does not mean that they too are not made in the image of God, right? Uh, and this is also this is defense of why uh, what sets us above uh, the other created order. Uh, we mentioned the good in in the created order. No yeah. one can deny God's uh, handiwork in the creation of all the various kinds of creatures that He has created. Yeah. But there's a reason why we eat cows and we don't eat children, <laughs> right? There, there's oh a good God. reason between that. We don't we don't eat humanity. <laughs> Because uh, humanity is set above, Some people both spiritually do. and mentally. 
Gosh, I hope not. Um, that is why it's wrong to eat humans. There um, you go. Yeah. There you go. Uh, uh, but it's not only it's not only moral, it's not only spiritual, it's not only mental, but there is a relational aspect as yeah, well. Yeah, absolutely. And so this just means like God is, God is relational in and of himself. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have this picture of the Trinity there, right? And so we like him being made in his likeness, being made in his image. We too are relational people. And we, we have experienced this, I think, more so over the last yeah, several absolutely. weeks than yeah. ever before. Yeah. Because we have, because we've been taken away from our community, mm-hmm. we have this longing to be placed back inside of a community. Right, right. And I think this just points to that aspect that we have to have people. Humans yeah. are made in the likeness of God in the sense that we, are, we, are, we, we need uh, community with one another. So, yeah, the great uh, English uh, poet John Donne says, "No man is an island." Right. Yeah, uh, and I think there's there's some truth in that. We see that in, in Revelation or in, in Genesis two, where God has said, "This is good. This is good. This is good. This is right, very good." Right. Then it is not good that man should be alone. Sure. So this relational aspect, how we relate to one another, uh, God has instilled that into us. Uh, yeah. and and our relationships are meaningful right, right uh, we're not right. we're not just relating to one another instinctually or because evolution has created us to do that sure no we're doing it in we're, we're doing it uh because uh we are created that way there is a there is a divine aspect that draws us yeah. together yeah that's a good one I, the next one uh the next one's there's 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 a shared physical aspect mm-hmm. so uh, we are made in the image of God in the sense that we are we are like God physically now this does not mean that we we look like God, right. all right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't think that there's necessarily a physical likeness in the sense that uh, our our children look like us, right? Yeah. Uh, but there is a sense that we are like God physically, and in, in the ability that uh, that we can we can participate in the creation of children, right? right? Mm-hmm. So we uh, we have children; those of us that are blessed with that, and so in that we are reflecting God's own ability to create human beings, just like uh, just like He has done. Uh, also, Grudem would say that our physical bodies, this is a quote from Grudem, our physical bodies in various ways reflect something of God's own character as well. Moreover, much physical movement and demonstration of God-given skills comes about through the use of our body. So he's saying just the ability that we're able to move, mm-hmm. we're, able to, we're able to create and have skills is another physical picture of of God's uh, image Himself. Yeah, we would look at uh, just just art in general, uh, all that mankind has created uh, yeah. since God first created. Uh, and this is an aspect of, of the image of God, being able to uh, to beget children, yeah. to create uh, beautiful works of art and music. Uh, all these things, they reflect the image of God. Yeah. Uh, and, and even story itself, being able to tell story, uh, reminds us that we are created uh, by the storyteller. Mm. And, and all those things are wrapped up in the image of God. So I've thought about this one, and I, and I think this, I, you may disagree, but I, I feel like... <laughs> I feel like this is one of those uh, probably that we that either one of two things either either we abuse it to the side that we say well we are made in the image of God so therefore God must have two arms two legs yeah. mm-hmm. or on the other side of it we completely ignore it where right. we don't see what you're talking about is the creativeness mm-hmm. of by the use of our hands being able to create right. something and uh, I don't know I don't really know that a lot of believers see the image of God in their ability to create beautiful things mm-hmm, right uh, so and and because a lot of Christianity you know especially now in America I don't think it's very creative mm-hmm. we, we just got finished reading a book called 
Adorning the Dark. Adorning the Dark. And uh, this is why this is on my mind, I guess, more so. Andrew Mm -hmm. Peterson talking about the creative responsibility of a believer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and so, uh, and and when you think about it in the sense that the creative ability as a result of our hands and our minds, that that is actually displaying the image of God, it presses believers to be more creative. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because we have not... In recent days, we have not been a very creative people. Right, Does right. that make sense? Yeah. I mean, we're not. Uh, we're we're not a real creative. I think in our past, Christians have been noted as being really creative, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but not so much now. So this yeah, is and, one of those we. Yeah, and I would I would uh, you know make a distinction between being creative and being artistic. Being creative does not necessarily mean being artistic. Right, right. I get it. Yeah. Um, but the farmer who plows his field and and brings forth the abundance of crops yeah. is is exercising the image of God. Yeah, he is sure, bearing the image sure, of God sure. uh, in the same way that God spoke and the crops uh, first were created. Yeah. Uh, so in those ways, we want to make sure that we are whatever our hand finds to do. We are yeah. we are doing to God's glory because we are reflecting His glory in that yeah. His image in that. Worthless information has nothing to do with what we're talking about. What, only three percent. Only three percent of Americans are farmers. That's a shame. Three percent of Americans are farmers, and yet they supply all of the food chain for America and a lot of the world. How about that? How about that? How about that? All right. How about that? Next- <laughs> The next one is, you're welcome for that yeah, information. It. All right, so the next one is a sixth one that uh, that we've put down, and that is that we are we are a representative, or we have a representative aspect of right. God as well. Yeah, and I think we see this in, in Genesis chapter 1. When God creates Adam, he creates him as the kingdom priest uh, to represent him to the world. This is what this is part of what we see when, when God gives Adam a command right after he's created. He gives them the command of dominion, right? His, he is to uh, represent God to the creatures. He is to uh, tend the garden as right. God's representative. And ultimately, Adam falls short as the representative of God. Yeah. yeah. Yet, this is something that we are all still called to do because yeah. we bear his image. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, for example, one way that I like to explain this is when I was a child and I would go on a trip or something like that, my father may say to me something like, remember remember what your name is. Right. Remember whose child you are. Sure. He wasn't, he wasn't concerned that I would forget my identity on the way. Uh, he was concerned that I would forget that I did not only represent myself, but I represented yeah. uh, my family right. and the actions that I did, right? And I think the same is true for us in the image of God. We represent God because yeah. we are made in his image. Sure. And so to sin, to do something that God would not do, would be a lie against him as well. Yeah. So there's a yeah. representative aspect. Yeah, absolutely. So that's good. Anything else you want to say about that? I think that's good. The so, name on the front of the jersey is more important than the name on the back of the who, jersey. Who? Come on now. <laughs> I, I don't know if that's, I don't know what that means. Are you talking about Ryan? You don't know what that means? I mean, are you talking... Wait, because the Tennessee on the front is more important than the name on the back. Okay, see, I was confused at what you were saying. I thought... The name on the front of the jersey is more important than the name on the back of the jersey. Right, right. But I was talking about someone's last name being important, (laughs) and you, like, undercutted that completely, so... (laughs) Okay, so uh, we're going to talk about this lastly, kind of this uh, winding this down, right? Isn't that what we're doing? Yeah. We are. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, God's image and uh, how that relates to uh, the Genesis account, Genesis three, particularly how how the uh, the image of God and the fall of man relate to one another, and ultimately how that will be culminated. Yeah. So, for such an important topic, the Imago Dei, the image of God, is an immense topic in Scripture. Yeah. There is very little in Scripture explicitly about this. Right. Uh, but what we do see is that the image of God in the fall. Is not lost. Right. We see this because when Ad, when when uh, 
just a couple chapters later in Genesis chapter six, when Noah and his family are leaving the ark, God reaffirms that they are made in his image, Mm -hmm. specifically Mm -hmm. giving the the death penalty to those who would kill the image of God. Right. So he's, he's clearly something has shifted. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. The image of God has been marred, but it has not been destroyed. We are still created in the image of God. Yeah. So Grudem says the image is distorted, but not lost. Right. Right. So it's still present. Right. But the fall has distorted our our initial image that was there in Genesis one twenty six. Right. And so the entire Bible becomes this picture of how we regain That's right. a full restored image of God, an yeah. unmarred image of God. Yeah. Uh, and this comes through the person of Jesus, right. who is the true image of God. Yeah. And uh, so that redemption in Christ, we had a little conversation about this before we got started. We won't get into the weeds of it, but uh, that, that, okay, so at the fall, God's image is distorted, but not lost. And in redemption in Christ Jesus, through the work of Christ, Grudem uses the phrase, a progressive recovering of more of God's image occurs. Mm -hmm. So as we are found in Christ, we become more in the image of God than those that are not in Christ. Yeah, we more truthfully reveal it is the way that I would would say it. Um, So in that sense, uh, we we see this in, in John 1, for example. When uh, when when John says no man has seen God, uh, but the Word reveals Him. Right, Jesus yeah, reveals Him. Yeah, Moses revealed yeah. the Law. Jesus reveals grace upon yeah. grace. And so we understand who God is in Christ because He is the image of God. Mm-hmm. But more so, we understand also who men are supposed to be. Who are we supposed right, to be? Yeah, we are supposed to yeah. be like Christ. Yeah, and, and we're, we're in this progressive desire to become more right, like right. Christ. That is what our sanctification is. Right. It begins with our redemption in Christ. And this is ultimately uh, fulfilled in the final consummation uh, when God's uh, God's image is restored in mankind uh, through glorification right. and the earth itself is restored through God's redemption. Yeah, and which has a, a lot of... Uh, a, a lot of implications as well concerning the end of time. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. We're going to say uh, if that means that we're completely restored in God's image, it doesn't mean everyone can get new legs. It doesn't mean everyone gets a beautiful voice. <laughs> you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. It's a different tenant day and you got <laughs> new legs. <laughs> so, uh, you know, but this is at Christ's return, we will have a complete restoration uh, in God's image. That's a beautiful picture. For yeah. Us. And we would say that uh, one aspect of the image of God that we haven't specifically dealt on, but is more of a, a an application of it, is that if we are created in God's image, we have dignity and worth. Yeah, uh, sure. And we would say this is this is part of our uh, our convictions when it comes to uh, the sanctity of human life. Right. Uh, we root human life, all human life, from the smallest uh, to the oldest, mm-hmm. uh, to any ethnicity. We root it in the image of God, and this is why uh, this is why several of our ethical issues that yep. we would uh, we would argue about the root of them is the yep. image of God. That's right. That's right. From the beginning of life. Mm-hmm. Through the end of life. That's right. That's right. Uh, so it's not just an adoption issue. Uh, it's a it's not just, yeah. it's it's not it's not just an abortion issue. It's an adoption issue. It's a foster issue. It's a race issue. Yeah. All these things are because of the image of God. We firmly believe it, and therefore uh, we uh, we we seek to preach it and to yeah. practice it. No doubt. I would end with a dead man I'm from. Glad you thought of that. I'm glad I have too. a dead man. Got to have a dead man. Well, today's dead man is Francis Schaeffer, uh, and Francis Schaeffer writes this. It is on the basis of being made in the image of God that everything is open to man. Suddenly, personality does not slip through my fingers. I understand the possibility of fellowship and of personality. I understand that because I am born in the image of God and because God is personal, both a personal relationship with God and the concept of fellowship as fellowship has validity. So 
Schaefer is saying being created in the image of God means that we understand ourselves and we can fellowship not only with God, but with one another. Excellent. I think that's a good thought. Good thought. All right. As we wrap up, John, what are you reading? Uh, so I'm reading uh, the next book in uh, in uh, the uh, Saxon Tales. I can't remember the name of it. I just started reading The Viking Bride? <laughs> no, that is not one of them. You ought to be ashamed. <laughs> uh, and so I'm, I'm reading that. I'm also, uh, I finished up that one we just mentioned about... Uh, Adorning the Dark. Adorning the Dark, which is not what I thought I was going to start reading, but I, I, I enjoyed it. And then, uh, of course, I have also uh, The Community of the King. A Community of the King. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm into that as well. I imagine that'll come in one day for me, and I'll yep. be in it as well. Yep. Well, I am finishing up uh, the Chronicles of Predane uh, mm-hmm. by Lloyd Alexander on the High King. It's a great series for young adults and uh, for adults of all ages. There you go. Um, and then I will begin uh, I'll begin probably reading some other stuff. I don't know what yet. We'll get to it. Good deal. All right. Uh, thank you guys for joining us today. Uh, we uh, appreciate you. And if you have benefited from our podcast, please like, rate, and review us on iTunes. We will see you next time. Until then, keep loving your imperfect church. And remember, one day she will be perfected. And-